In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen. flowering crab tree outside the church's main door has a hole in its trunk about two feet off the ground. We've been advised to leave it alone and not to cover it or fill it. Surprisingly, a chickadee poked its head out of that hole the other day. That has been the only sighting, but we think it must be living, staying, nesting in the trunk. The Lord Jesus speaks about staying and about living in this morning's gospel. I will pray the Father, he told his disciples, and he shall give you another comforter that he may abide with you forever, even the spirit of truth. The Greek verb that's translated abide means to stay. It's used three times in today's gospel. First, in verse 16, the Father will send you another comforter that he may abide with you forever. The second use is in verse 17. Jesus said, you know him, this comforter, for he will be with you and will be in you. Same Greek verb. The third usage is in verse 25, near the end of the epistle. These things I've spoken unto you, Jesus said, being yet present with you. In each case, Jesus is talking about relationship, about God's relationship with his people. He will stay with us. He will continue with us. He will dwell with us. He will endure and remain with us. This message was especially pertinent for the disciples in the moment that Jesus was speaking because he was drawing near to his crucifixion and then later to his ascension. His relationship and his presence with them would continue by the Holy Spirit, who would soon come to live and abide with them and in them, no matter what. But the message is equally pertinent to us as we live in this culture and on this earthly, walk this earthly road. I want to emphasize the personal relationship that Jesus was speaking about by mentioning a hit song from the 1990s. It's Bette Midler's song, From a Distance. In 1990, she was nominated as Best Female Pop Vocalist for it. But actually, the song was written in 1985 by Julie Gold, who was a full-time secretary and writing songs in her spare time. It has powerful and hopeful lyrics, and as you know, it is set to beautiful uh, beautiful music. 
Interestingly, though, partway through it, the wording of the chorus changes to this. God is watching us. God is watching us. God is watching us from a distance. Although I really like the song, that part has always rubbed me the wrong way because it does not accurately reflect the Christian understanding of God. He is abiding with us, dwelling in us, not simply watching us from a distance. In the Old Testament, the reality of God's abiding presence with his people was signified by the tabernacle. The tabernacle was a large tent-like structure measuring 45 feet by 15 feet. It had a roof that was made up of four layers of curtains which shielded the interior from the hot sun and the rain. There was a large courtyard with a fence around it that, uh, that kept the tabernacle separate from the rest of the camp. So to tabernacle was to dwell or to be with, to remain. The tabernacle was given by God to Moses for Moses to build. And it was carried, packed up and carried by the Israelites as they traveled from Egypt to the promised land. And then they would set it up wherever they made their camp. In the New Testament, the assurance of God's abiding presence was in his Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus took our flesh and nature upon himself, being born of the Virgin Mary. He became man and tabernacled on earth as one of us, as Emmanuel, God with us. According to St. John, as we hear at Christmas, the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, full of grace and truth. In New Brunswick, hundreds and hundreds of little wooden churches remind us that the Lord dwells with us and abides in us. As Anglicans, more than a hundred of these were built under the leadership of Bishop John Medley between 1845 and 1892. The idea was that in the smallest of communities, there would be a church to remind the people of Jesus' promise. If a person loves me, they will keep my words, and my Father will love them, and we will come unto them and make our abode with them. The word abode is translated as home in the Revised Standard Version of the Bible. Imagine that, God the Holy Trinity, who created the heavens and earth out of nothing, will actually and truly, albeit invisibly, make his home in you and me. That's the personal relationship that he wants to have with his people. When we lived in Florenceville, the rectory was on a crescent 
and turning into the crescent straight ahead on the turn was a house with a deck that faced the road. And on the uh, railing of the deck was a statue of Buddha. And it always struck me that as, as uh, beautifully uh, made as that statue was, the expression of Buddha never changed. In contrast to that, the Lord God Almighty offers us a personal relationship. His heart is poured out in love for you and me. He yearns for us to be with himself. And this is why he says, I will make my abode. My father and I will make our abode with you. He is in tune with how our life is going. And he wants to be there for us, to strengthen us, and ultimately to save us. This relationship, this abiding of God within us by his spirit has an actual effect or effects. He offers us new life, everlasting life. That's the effect of God coming to dwell in us. New life means something completely different from old life. St. Paul said, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. With the Lord himself living in us, how could it be otherwise that the new has come? Let's take a minute to identify two, characteristic, two characteristics of this new life of the Spirit as laid out for us this morning. Today's lesson gives us the first characteristic of the new life. Being filled with the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost, the disciples began to speak in languages or with tongues that they had never studied or learned before. It's a wonderful reminder having all of these, uh, having that lesson read in so many different languages of what happened on that day of Pentecost. Amazingly, the words of these unknown languages just poured out of them. And what were they saying? Those who came to see what was going on heard the disciples testifying to the wonderful works of God. So this is the first characteristic of the new life. It's what happens when our hearts are open to the Lord and he comes to abide in us. We begin to trust him, and our praise of him increases. We think less about what God can do for me today, and more about what he has done for me already. We, like those disciples on the Feast of Pentecost, speak and sing of the wonderful works of God. The second characteristic set out for us about the new life is presented in today's gospel. Jesus said, if a man loves me, he will keep my words. 
as our relationship with the Lord deepens, we want to obey him. We want to keep his words. We do not want to disappoint him. We're keen to know what his will is in our life and in a given situation. I'm not talking about rules, a religion of rules. I'm talking about offering our lives to God with love and thanksgiving. By the Lord's abiding in me, my perspective changes, and so do my desires. The colic puts it this way, grant us by the same spirit to have a right judgment in all things. What we're really talking about is being, is being made new from the inside out. Sure, I look the same, but on the inside, I'm not. Because by the Holy Spirit who lives in me, I have been changed, I am being changed, and I will be changed completely into the image of Christ. As a closing thought, it is important for us to recognize that the Holy Spirit dwells in us not so that we can act as independent silos. He dwells in us so that we may act together in unity as the body of Christ. Jesus abides in each one of us to unite us to himself. The Spirit draws us into Christian fellowship. By his invisible work in us in baptism, we are made members of the family of God. That means we are sisters and brothers, regardless of our origin or situation. St. Paul explained this to the church in Corinth by using the example of a human body. He said it has many parts, fingers, toes, arms, legs, ears, eyes, but all parts are united under one head. And for us, that head is the Lord Jesus Christ. So Paul said to them, now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. That said, we should recognize that the idea of abiding or remaining in relationship and fellowship is something that our culture struggles with. Even with all the technology at our disposal to be put in touch with each other, we struggle. The thing is, God's abiding in us flows from his heart of perfect love. That's the motivation, his love for us. He abides in us unworthy as we are because he loves us. He stays with us and within us, not because we have anything he needs, but simply because he loves us and he wants us to be in communion with him. This holy way is in opposition to the culture we are in, the culture of individualism, competition, and materialism. We have a hard time abiding, continuing, and enduring. And maybe that's why we struggle to find hope. At the end of today's gospel, Jesus says, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you. 
Not as the world gives do I give unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. The peace of God which passes all understanding comes when we trust him enough to lean on him, to really put our lives in his hand. When that happens, and only when that happens, will our hearts be calm and our fears subside. He abides in us and stays with us because he wants us to have this perfect peace. As Henry Nowlin said, your true identity is as a child of God. Think about that. Your real lasting identity is as the child of God. You belong to him. And it is as his child that you're sent into the world. Because that's the case, only God can fully dwell in that deepest place in you and give you a sense of safety. You belong to God. He dwells in you by his spirit. He's made you his child. Jesus said, I will pray the Father, and he will give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever, even the spirit of truth. Alleluia. God has sent forth the spirit of his son into our hearts. Alleluia. Alleluia. Now unto God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, be ascribed all might, majesty, dominion, power, honor, and glory, as is most justly due, henceforth and forevermore. Amen. Amen.